0: If we don't do it for right now, what I'd like as a uh, topic is, um, how many times have you heard that masonry is a religion?
1: Oh, Oh, gosh. The question comes up all the time. All the time.
0: And I keep trying to tell everybody that, no, we are a group of deists. And nobody understands what a group of deists are. (laughs) No one understands the the term deist. So what's the
2: definition of a deist?
0: A deist, at least from what I've always tried to tell people, is we believe in a supreme being. We believe in a god, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But we are not dogmatic that you have to believe that What I believe is God and what you believe is God doesn't have to be the same dogma. We just believe in that overarching concept of a higher power. power. And I've always found it fascinating because I know you've talked. Mm -hmm. And I sound really stupid talking to myself in headphones. Um, You've always talked about your experience where you were actually blackballed. No, my dad was. For being of a certain religious faith, Mm -hmm. which to me is stupid Mm -hmm. because the religious faith that he was blackballed for is an integral part of a lot of the ritual of the Masonic teachings. That's the the
3: hypocrisy of it. It just just goes to show you, you know, we've always wondered why, what was wrong with the old book that you had to go write a new one? like California, you've got to be
2: different. When you say a deist, and I'm a Christian, am Mm -hmm. I also a deist? Yes. Because I'm a Mason? Yes. Yes.
3: Christianity
0: is a subset of deism. deism.
2: So would Buddhism, so would all the religions be a subset of of, of, deism.
0: And to me, the perfect example of that is in our California Masonic Code, there is a list of approved holy books that even the Grand Lodge recognizes as being substitutes for the holy writings that set on the altar for someone's obligation. And it's the Holy Bible, it's the Tripitaka, it's the Quran, it's the Torah, it's the Vedas, and all of what, what we're saying as quote-unquote deists is that all of the things are a subset of that overarching belief in a supreme being. And the way I've always explained it to people is it's like the old story of the blind men with the elephant. Mm -hmm. And you ask three blind men to examine an elephant Mm -hmm. and say, what is an elephant? And one of them will be by its ears and go, oh well it's a big leathery blanket kind of material, and one of them will be by its uh, trunk, and it'll go like, oh, no, 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 an elephant is almost like a snake, and it's got, you know, these, you know, big undulations, and, you know, one of them will be by its side, and they're like, oh, no, it's a big, leathery, gigantic, you know, hippopotamus kind of a thing, and they are all absolutely true in their belief. They are all absolutely correct in their description, but you're describing a piece of something that is so vast that you can't perceive the whole thing. And I think that's where the difference is between dogmatic religion and what Masonry accepts.
3: Masonry removes removes doctrine and replaces it. You haven't got your head set on, I'm hitting that pretty good. Masonry removes doctrine replaces it with tolerance
2: but how it, does the how does the it, community it, still see us as a religion
3: because of what they don't know
4: about us
2: what they read i
4: usually just take the easy way I'd Say it's like a college fraternity without
1: the mayor. people people <laughs> no people will
3: people will ultimately um, fill in the blanks for things that they don't know and they'll what if it and what if it well they probably do this and they'll I, And then by the end of the discussion, they've got you drinking blood of virgins out of skull bones from dead cats or something. Oh, I've I've
0: had, I had one guy that worked for me that was a hardcore Baptist. And when he found out I was a Mason, he quit. He would not come back to my office. He would not work for me again because I was a a Mason and he was a Baptist that he was taught that, oh, they sacrifice children on their altar. And that was just absolute, you know, he wow. knew it, that's I was what I was. You know, when I was,
3: when I was a kid, I was told that, you know, you can't play at Johnny's house because they're Catholic and they eat Jewish babies. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, people...
2: But do we do ourselves any favor when we call ourselves Masonic temples?
0: It, I, you know, it doesn't hurt us. And it's the same thing that John and I have had this discussion before about even calling the writing on the altar the Holy Bible because there's been things going on up at Grand Lodge going like, oh, we need to change that and not call it the Holy Bible anymore, let's call it something else. And to me, any educated person knows that Holy Bible is just a Latin— or is derived from the oh, you know, Holy Biblios, mm-hmm. which is just the Holy Book. We're not even naming a religion when we say <clears throat> the Holy Bible, although I do have I Try some. to convince them. Try, well, try and convince some of the people of a Grand Lodge. I mean, I got, I got shut well, down and blown out of all... Well, considering a certain thing that
3: we... <laughs> a certain production that we did uh, got shot down because it mentioned the word God too many times. Well, there's a quota.
0: Well there's a God it, quota?
4: you
5: exceeded the quota?
4: Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, it really, it's just... We, we live in this world, unfortunately, where political correctness has gone above and beyond. And right or wrong or whatnot, just especially from a just a organizational standpoint, it's just it's crazy. I mean, you look at um, just the news or whatnot with some of these either celebrities or you know. Actually, I saw a great one the other day was uh, an article attacking Uber because someone signed up for their service or whatnot and rented a car, and then they had a medical condition of some sort, and they ended up having to pay money on the car that they had rented to do the Uber uh, thing, and it's like, well, how is Uber responsible for that? I mean, it, and it's just the whole thing is that just the slightest thing you do nowadays, you could be the target of anything. And uh, that's unfortunately what it's coming, it's just the media latches on and it becomes a big, you know, especially with social media, it becomes a big, huge ordeal. Everyone's looking for the ne- next big gossip and, unfortunately uh, get pulled although right although into
0: it. in, in your opinion, is it detrimental to the fraternity though? Because I don't think it is. Oh, I don't think it's, I mean, me personally, I don't think it's detrimental to the
4: uh, fraternity to whether we call it the Holy Bible or the Holy Writings or anything like that. I, I don't really um, think it's a big issue. Um, I think part of the problem is just that it's not explained well enough of, hey, well, you know, it could be the Holy Bible, it could be the Quran, it could be whatever. You know, it, whatever your religion is, you know, and whatever writings you have, it's, it's going to be there. It doesn't have to be the Holy Bible. And, I think we uh, was just explaining that. Some you know? of the
2: problems that came out from what I understood from sitting in the East and listening to everything was the fact that there was a confusion between what occurs at a stated meeting and what occurs at an, inst- an initiation or a conferral. You know, we have one Bible as standard in California, and that's the you know, like the Holy Bible It's the King, King James It's the King version. James Version, yeah. And that's in all our, our open meetings, our stated meetings. Even if those have are Jewish brethren or our Muslim brethren or any other brethren, that just happens to be the Bible of choice, of selection by California Masons. When a person gets his own degree, his own conferral, there's no reason, in my opinion, that there should be two Bibles, two holy writings on the altar at the same time. In my opinion, it should only be one. It should be the one the brother's taken his obligation on. And whatever that Bible is, providing it's been agreed upon and it's in our CMC and it's been approved, that's the Bible we use.
5: And sized reasonably.
2: <coughs> well, that brings up another issue which I'll bring up in a minute. <laughs> but there's, <laughs> no, no a second, there's no need to have a really. secondary Bible there trying to tell someone that one Bible can't be without another. What's Which
3: over one over one. Exactly, over one.
2: and that to me that diminishes the value of having a holy writings upon a sacred altar. Uh, and so once, or we, five, once we get over that issue, if we can just say get one Bible on that altar, I think we're going to go a long ways in this fraternity. But as soon as we have the two on there, that, that causes problems. But go back to your size. Mm-hmm. In the... In our in our master in our in our master mason degree, we take our position at the altar in a certain way that doesn't match how we do a Dugard. This is the Holy Bible. And we are on one side of this Bible when we in ancient times had one on the side. The Dugard is not this. The Duguard is this. So there's a resolution of Grand Lodge being submitted that will return our hands, and I'm trying to be yeah. appropriate yeah. circumstances yeah, this, yeah, this is a public uh, exactly so that the hands are in the proper position as it was in the ancient times and so it, even if it's a small bible you can still put both hands on it mm-hmm. in a proper manner so that's going to be coming up hopefully everybody will adopt that so we will see
4: yeah. i think it just it really i mean the one the one problem i will say is that i think they just when it comes down to some of the stuff is Everyone's trying to make everyone as happy as possible. You're just not going to make everyone happy. And
2: that's true, too.
1: Yeah, you know? uh, another issue, I think, is the fact that not enough Masons, whether they be EAs, FCs, or Master Masons, actually know enough about the history and dogma of Thank you. the fraternity. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, and, and honestly, and so when that, those questions, when, when yeah. you pose the questions about deism, um, they they're guessing, unless they actually know, of course. But they're guessing, in my opinion, that about the answer. Instead, instead of saying I don't know, but I'll find out for you, yeah. they instance, give answers that are nonsensical or ro- flat out wrong. I've, I've
3: never gotten the same answer. I've always asked the question just to, to kind of to tickle the idea that mm. you're you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It says, why is the particular passage of scripture used in the first degree for the perambulation? Why is
5: that scripture used? Man, it runs the gamut. Mm-hmm. Because the answer is
0: it's always been done that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we don't have the money. You know, I always thought it was because it was the right length. <laughs> yeah. that, that may be closer to the truth <laughs> than I think. It's like they sat there and ran through stuff and said how long does it take to walk one the circle? There's the passage. Mm-hmm. We're doing but it. You know,
2: we've said the same thing in ritual, over and over again, forgetting what you just talked about is the meaning why? of why it's there. Mm-hmm. An example we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. which was when you say, um, "Are all master masons? Are all present master masons?" and you just automatically say yes. Or, "Are we properly clothed?" You know, we, we, you know, why ask that question if we're are we properly clo- clothed? Right. Right. And so a lot of that stuff is forgotten. Where Prince Hall has used it as a living example of what they continue to teach. Mm-hmm. We've lost that in many cases. Our
3: until you just mentioned that I just there's a subtle distinction, you know. I've heard everybody say come to order and close No, no, of oh, oh, Close a was majority. It was. It, yeah. You know, it's so. just like there was a, 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 a movie that, you know, way in the future and they're reciting reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh. And it sounds I think it was a Star Trek thing yeah. years <laughs> ago. And it was like totally different yeah and it's like uh, you know they ran across to Voyager
2: you know, 2,000 <laughs>
3: years and it went from Voyager to V-ger. Yeah, <laughs> you know
5: it, it just it. well until the last three or four years you started putting these uh, tidbits of, of explanations on you know on the document site and adding it to the uh, uh, the new manual we'll mm-hmm. call it um, there wasn't much of anything around to exp- explain it, unless you happened to catch it from an old coach who happened to learn it from decades and decades ago. It was not documented. And, 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 and that, was, compiled the, uh, and that
2: was the purpose of the ritual manual, to mm-hmm. document those things. You know, we can't all learn everything at once, but if you had an idea of, I heard it, where did I hear it from, you can go to a source. Like, I'd be interested in hearing exactly what you just said was the meaning for why that first degree perambulation is there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I'm the grand lecture. Well, yeah. I don't know, but I'd like to hear what you have to well, say. And
3: there's, I, I hear several theories around <clears throat> what is a perambulation, what is the purpose oh. of it, what is the the direction of it, what does it mean if it's reversed.
5: That, that all has <laughs> meaning. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, you know and you know it goes from oh it's an, inv- it's an invitation of the Holy Spirit to, to occupy the place well what if you do it backwards is it calling somebody else or is it saying go away yeah. no but all that stuff has specific you know and it crosses over into the for, for lack of the better term the metaphysical aspects of deism mm-hmm. which get poo-pooed in modern society you know, it's just like our society beats natural se- you know, you say, how many senses do you have? Mm-hmm. Well, there's five senses of human nature. Well, not really. There's a couple that have been beaten out. Intuition is another one.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, uh, you know. Uh, what's the word? Empathy. You know, to say that you're an empath. There are people that can feel other people's... There's, there's senses beyond, you know, the... They're the spiritual senses as a yeah. side to the physical senses. You know
1: the difference between sympathy and empathy. Yeah. People don't most people don't know the difference between sympathy and empathy. Yeah.
3: True. Sympathy, you know, is an emotion where empathy is actually a physical thing.
2: If you've suffered the same thing, you can sympathize with them. But if you haven't suffered it, then you empathize, right? No, no, it's just way. the reverse. Just the reverse. Just the reverse. Yeah. The reverse. Yeah. Absolutely. Empathetic. If you've experienced it, then
0: you can empathize. Emphasize. Yeah, because because you, you have, have, have had that same experience. It's, then you have a sympathy for it. Yeah. And
3: empaths. It's like feeling exactly empathic. what they're feeling. And, and, or whatnot. and the empathic sense is that, say, he has a bad back, and I can feel his pain. I am experiencing his condition, not mine. You know, that that's a metaphysical quality. That you know, oh, oh no. Oh, no.
1: And it, it brings on a commonality of, of understanding too, mm-hmm. because you can actually feel, literally feel that person's pain it, because you have felt that same pain. It's
3: it's it's literally coming from the other person's perspective. It it, it it's in, in its most literal sense, you are eye to eye. There's no difference in
4: stature. <laughs> That's really what sort of in all I mean. A little off topic, but that is the problem with today's day and age: is that not many people have empathy anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they don't understand it yeah.
3: because the the way they're learning, they they never go beyond their physical space. <coughs> Everything is is brought into them. They don't they don't interact with other people. Everything is it's huh. it's well, it's one like, on uh, none.
4: Sort of like uh, actually, you know, just you're talking about the you know, how the is also goes to that, I guess, is the way we teach in schools and stuff now too and the way things are changing. I mean, I remember when uh, I was going through school, it was all, you know, for English and stuff like that, it was all about uh, sounding out the, the words phonetics. and phonetics and figure, you're basically figuring out the core of, you know, the language and uh, now... Um, they're doing things like sight words and stuff like that, where they're just memorizing thousands of different and, you know,
0: and not understanding that if I learn how to yeah. understand the Latin bases, I can speak English, I etymology, can speak Spanish, I can uh, speak French, I can yeah. if I understand verbal, <laughs> verbal what con- the actual verbal thing. Construct is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, no, and, the, and that words so. and this is what I because I homeschooled all of my nieces and nephews mm. in uh, in math and, and English and one of the things that I taught them is that you have to understand that words mean things. Mm -hmm. You know, a word isn't just a sound that you're making. That is trying to convey a meaning that has existed. And the more you understand what that meaning is, the more clear your speech and communication is. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can you convey a meaning of something that you don't know what the word, you know, it's like if you're just making a sound. It's interesting too, because there's some languages that
3: um, you'll have a word in this language and that meaning doesn't exist in that one.
0: The, the biggest, okay, I know this is completely off topic. Yeah. I, in, in my computer business, back when I was running the, my, corp, my corporation, I dealt a lot with oriental suppliers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I had this one supplier down in Irvine that I would go to to get parts in, and I would be in their office while they would be on the phone to their Chinese, you know, warehouses and their, you know, manufacturers and their connections, and they would speak Chinese to them. But every now and then, they would have to use an English word because mm-hmm. there is no Chinese equivalent. Right. Interesting. Oh, and yeah. the yeah. one that blew me away was he was on there one day talking that. I was his customer and I was in and I needed these things. And he was on the phone with his supplier in China going Chinese, 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 customer, Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute, they as a communist country don't have a conceptual word for customer. And I'm like, that tells me so much about the Eastern Western difference of what we have to deal with.
4: Well, those, so interesting thing, sort of tying that all back uh, to where we're going or whatnot. That's I guess the same problem with the religion aspect is that people on the outside don't have any conceptualization of what it is on the inside or whatnot, and then <laughs> a lot of people on the inside yeah. have no
1: concept of yeah. what's happening inside. The the yeah. they've, <laughs> learned,
3: they've learned the words, but they don't know. But what's even, the if point we, in
2: there. even if we were to start calling ourselves deists, mm-hmm. the problem is it's not that we are deists individually. No, we are all whatever we are. We're our all whatever is. we are. Yeah, it's the house that we meet in is a house. Deism. deism. Yes. Okay? Yes. And that's probably the best way to look at it because someone if someone were to say, "I'm a deist," well, I'm not a deist. Yeah. No, I, I a am i I'm
0: right? Uh, right. I'm a Gnostic. He's uh, he's Jewish. You're a Christian. But when we, you know, this other guy is whatever. Yeah. But when
2: we try to say we <laughs> we meaning we we are we are a fraternity of deists you know, that, that really c- can offend somebody because we're not a fraternity. No,
3: we're a deist fraternity. Ah, that's d- d- big we're a Deus, well, <laughs> big difference. Big <laughs> difference.
2: Yeah, we're a <laughs> deist fraternity. That would be even better. That's closer to what I'm yeah. going to say. But yeah. there's got to be a way that the community and would understand, and we ourselves understand that, we are a group of masons of different religions who meet in a building who, that allows us to meet because we're deists as a whole. Uh-huh we allow the, right. our, our only online, one that we
4: all believe in some type of supreme being yes. yes. right. that's, that's it that's our we're only requirement the only requirement is we, yes. and, and, and we're taught to, we're taught not to bring in the individual portions of our religion but to work together uh, exactly. knowing that there is but, a supreme you know, being whichever way we having having, having
3: multiple religions in my family you know you name it we got it and a couple I can't pronounce and you know When I was in my teens, I decided I was going to do a comparative study of religion just to see where I fell into the cracks. Well, I found out where I fell into the cracks, but I found more similarities than differences. Mm Oh. And the differences really apply to what side of the elephant you're standing on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it's just, it's the difference between what is the dogma and what is the philosophy. The yeah. dogma is the rules that are laid down by each individual institution, mm-hmm. and the philosophy is where the commonality occurs.
3: Yeah, you know, the, 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 the general idea, the, the philosophical points, but um, you know, I, I, I prefer to call, call it someone's point of view. It's like if you're standing on Mount Ararat and you look east, and you're up on K2 looking west, you see different things you're looking at the same in the same you're looking at exactly opposite you're looking at the same thing but you see something different
4: different point of view
3: exactly it's mm-hmm. just a different perspective
1: mm-hmm.
3: and plus you know each major religion has their prophets you know their their history makers you know
5: the symbolism the
3: symbolism and and this guy went to this area and this guy went to this area or, or they swapped, and then they went, and they, somebody wrote it down. It, it, the vast changes, you know, because humans cannot resist putting their own limitations on something that they can't reach out and grab. That's, you know, <clears throat> Humans are constantly putting their own limitations on God.
0: How could God possibly do that? Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and that's what, you know, I keep trying to explain to anybody that asks, is that, okay, wait a minute, most religions say That God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Well, if God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, what is not God then? You just said God is everything. If God is everything, then let's do the converse everything is God. That chair. That experience, that, you know, his religion, his religion, his concept of his religion, your concept of his religion, it's all describing an omniscient, omnipresent thing that we all interact in. There is no difference. The struggle comes. In the mind, yeah.
3: It it, it happens in this, this little finite, you know, Something that isn't omnipresent, it's <laughs> omniscient, yeah. and trying yeah. to understand and put it, put a name on it.
0: Yeah, it's like the whole universe exists ex- exists in your mind. You just don't know how big your mind is. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and yeah, uh, you know, again, trying to get back on topic on the uh, what people looking from you know, saying, "Well, why aren't you guys a religion?" I think really that people just see it mostly what they see in Hollywood and on the internet at that point and. Or and, and what, yeah, it's And like, the fact that we have an altar and it's like instantly yeah, altar, religion, religion. You know? Well, yeah. <laughs> put an altar. Therefore.
2: Put an altar. In fact, we call ourselves temples. Yeah. And we put it on, in front of our buildings. They see us as a place where, and in fact, they go to temples in order to, to practice a religion, religions. So therefore, we must be going to temples to practice our religion. I can see how they can do that. Yeah. And, and
5: obviously a, a whole series of false stories that were made up you know, by people who just wanted to find some way to resist yeah. the, this alternative. Yeah. Yeah. People that's who have the, the habit of
3: pointing a finger in a certain direction so it doesn't point in the other.
4: Yeah. Uh, focus, uh,
3: focus on somebody else's problems. and
4: makes you wonder, is this more of a development that's happened over say the last, you know, 100 years or did people
0: 150 years ago have the same... Well, I'm sure they had the same problem because that's why I started with Dennis and his experience of your dad being blackballed because of his religion in a institution that uses forms of your religion as part of their ceremony. Most of it is from the old book. Most of all of it. I don't see anything that, well, except for, you know, you go to a fourth degree or something, but anything in a Blue Lodge? Blue Lodge, I don't see anything new.
2: Mm-hmm. Drew brings up a good point about trying to trace back where anti-Masonry started. Uh, in most,
0: politics, probably with the anti-Masonic party. And, well, I uh, was going to
2: say, Most virtual uh, Cooper that's just, okay. he, he put together a the talk which talked about the, the various homicides that occurred and, and stuff like that back in the just south of whatever it was. And he's going to actually have next year or the year after a symposium on... The anti-masonry and how it got started. If we, could, oh. if we could just think about where that started, and what was going on in the community at the time, and how it was disproved. In fact, uh, was it Cooper? And then maybe oh. Cooper dispelled that theory in, in some of his discussions, which I thought would be great if we could capture that. Bring the great
0: hoax. The great yeah. hoax. The great hoax of yeah. the 1860s. Yeah. And, and then you got all the new stuff that you see on the internet. I mean, you know all the. The David Icky stuff where we're all shape shifting lizards now and taking over the world. And it's like, yeah, David, I'm a shape shifting lizard. World (laughs) dominance. I I did like V. You know, it's (laughs) (laughs) like. Even if you look
5: back at the times when a lot of the primary players, let's call it in the community, were the leaders, let's say, were also Masons. Mm And then you had the resistance starting and saying, well, they got too much power, you know, and then you start, everybody likes to resist that power because it's taken away from whatever they think they have. And yeah, look at us in Grand Okay. (laughs) but But you get, you started to get that image that is the exaggeration of the fact that these people are either in power because they're good already. Or their masons because they were already in power, you know which one, com- which they, egg or-, or
2: the or how can I take them out of power? You attack their their either they their becomes, religion or or their, escape,
0: they their fraternity. they become scapegoats. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's it's what I talk about with the 60s movement all the time. You know, the the hippies in the 60s were all running around, ooh, the man is oppressing me. And it's like, you know, now that you've seen what (laughs) happened, now that you've seen what happened, it's like, why didn't, you know, they should have been honest. What they were saying was, I want to be the man to oppress you, I don't want the man oppressing me. It's like, it was just a power shift of, you know, I, I don't like them because I don't feel like I'm in power. So I want to be in power, but instead of being enlightened about it, I just want to shift the tables and put you out of power. The only way I can be out of power is for me to be in power. And it's… It's an infant resisting the parent thing. and, and, And I think that's one of the interesting things, at least personally for me, about the fraternity, is the fraternity under its umbrella says, you can all be equal. There is no one above the other. It's like in a season, one may be doing something, then you know, issuing uh, you know, ideas that are being followed by the followers, but everybody is on a level playing field. You know, I've been in lodge with a president of the United States, and you know what? He wore the same apron. He sat in the same chairs. He was on the same level. There was no difference. Except the four Secret Service guys. But there was some Secret <laughs> Service guys. But guess what? You know what? They weren't in there unless they were Masons, yeah. too. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. like, I don't care who his detail was. Right. If, they, if they did not Is that have. Jerry Ford? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if they did not have the quality. Yeah, it's like. I followed him all over the place. I grew up in Michigan whenever he was in Michigan, and then I came out here, and he was in Palm Springs. That's one of my best friends was on his detail in Palm Desert. Yeah, okay. Got to meet him, walk with I'd him. Stop. Yeah. I gotta have
1: to leave, so. Yeah.
4: Well, to go back to my my original point of view here, I was a little curious. When we started referring, rather than a lodge, to a Masonic temple, whenever that was, that, is that when the shift started to happen, or?
0: And what is the resistance that we're finding between there's a lot of edicts coming down from on high going change your temple association name to something else. Mm-hmm. Stop being called your Masonic temple. Don't be called the temple board. That's been going yeah. well, on.
5: About 40 years ago when they were considering the sign out front here, that the discussion started about changing the name at least of the building so that the Public image of it was not the temple, you know. So that was probably one of the early ones that said Evergreen Masonic Center. Because it it wasn't just the temple. Everybody, every organization that, that meets here has a different name for that room over there. Yeah. You know, some of them call it the lodge room. We do obviously. Well, some of he, them call it the chapter. The chapter, room. yeah. Whenever we uh, meet uh, with it's our girls chapter. call it the Bethel room yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the assembly room, room. yeah. When we did, when
1: we redid the portico at Tennessee Palms Mm -hmm. just recently, to masonic center and not temple, and he said no. That you know, we've had that discussion, and there are too many people who, you know, traditionalists who want. Well, there's
5: there's two things. One is the name that you see that's exposed to the the public, Right. right? Okay, the other. What is trying to change the name of the organization becomes far more difficult yes, because, because now you've got corporation secretary, things. Secretary Secretary of State shit. Yeah. But you can junk. still
1: put but you can still you can put s- Masonic center without having to change sure. all the paperwork. Yeah, every, yeah,
5: everything that's published and all that stuff. Right. You can put center, but as I far actually, as the business aspect yeah, of the, I, I, you know, all I that just junk, would like, rather see
1: a more glo- glo- you know global
4: Yeah. I, I actually think it helps Evergreen in all honesty for at least her mm-hmm. rentals and stuff like that. Yeah, you know what? Having uh, a center. center, center. Yeah. Well, that's I, what it, it, it sounds more that's community center oriented. Yeah. yeah.
5: Well, that's what it's been, you know, since they put the sign out there, mm-hmm. which was, as I say, approximately forty years ago now. Yeah. God, well, they had that foresight at least way mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. It's good. Forty years. Uh, All right, gentlemen. We, I go to I, uh,
0: okay. I'm yeah. we got thirty-seven minutes and twenty-one
5: seconds of oh, sound Of checking. Oh,